Welcome to Resiliency Within, featuring your host, Elaine miller Karras. In unprecedented times, our beliefs and well-being are put to the test. When we take the things we've learned in life and look at challenges in a whole new way, we learn to develop resiliency, which can then be used to promote healing and personal strength. Now, here is Elaine miller Karras. Welcome to Resiliency Within. I'd like to start out today by welcoming my guest, Raj Nair, founder and CEO of NCUBE Labs. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him before uh, he starts sharing his wisdom. But he has a mission, and it is to foster one million entrepreneurs in creating grassroots ecosystems. He is a versatile professional in engineering, design, entrepreneurship, and education. He holds multiple master degrees, including from esteemed institutions like MIT and the University of Massachusetts Amherst. He has he he has four he started four U.S. companies and earned the Entrepreneur of the Year award from NH High Tech Council and holds. I can't believe this, 13 patents. Raj's academic journey includes roles as a founding faculty and professor of practice in innovation and entrepreneurship at Asia School of Business and a visiting scholar at MIT. His research focuses on empowering young inventors and entrepreneurs from underserved communities, leading to the Zero Maker Innovator Entrepreneur Framework. He's conducted well over 100 workshops in seven countries for children and youth from rural communities. And his research and outreach underscore um, that while some may naturally exhibit entrepreneurial traits, these qualities can be developed and nurtured in children and youth, which is one of the reasons I really wanted to have him on the show, because this show is all about how do we help young people change their own lives and maybe recognize something inside of them that they didn't know that they that they had. So he believes that recognizing and implementing strategies to cultivate these essential traits empowers the next generation of creative and innovative thinkers and doers. So welcome, 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 Raj. As we get started, is there anything on your mind that you want to start with right now before we start with our questions? Oh, oh, thank you so much, Elaine, uh, for having me on the show. Uh, yes, uh, that is my mission, uh, primarily because when I see a child, in most cases, I see a precious soul never being developed by because of social and other reasons. And, uh, and that kind of triggered me to do research in this space and to do my work in this space. And, and I'm very passionate about that. Well, I'm wondering, um, as we get started, I want to ask you, the first question is, can you provide our listeners with some insight into your background and the experiences that led you to the world of entrepreneurship and education? We certainly have heard about your educational background, but I'm particularly interested in that little boy. <laughs> when he was thinking about, what am I going to be when I grow up? You know, how did this happen? I, I was born and brought up in a small village in India. Uh, so... Uh, you know, lower middle class family. And I think uh, one of the biggest influences when you look back now was uh, a local radio repair guy who showed me how a radio works. And when I was maybe 10, 11 years old, and uh, I started messing around with these little electronic things and without knowing how any of these things work, of course. Uh, and then got into science, uh, studied physics and electrical engineering and 
product design and you know and it so it just went on into mechanical and you know then started several companies and designed hundreds of products and and such uh, but it's all a series of a uh, string of experiences you know engagement with pe- people who kind of showed something different and suddenly you start got curious and in, went in different directions and all the stimuli you've got from different people at different stages in life uh that uh, when you look back at life i don't think i ever could have predicted where i am from where i started you know and i i couldn't have predicted even 5 years ahead of where i was because it was each the thing was an intervention into it was a stimulus stimulus that kind of start to change your life life direction and it was like this you know the the leaf in the wind and you just went with where the interest took me and uh, so uh, when i reached mit for my uh, another grad school and uh, and i i got this off experience in you know a fellowship uh, from mr ratan tata and uh, his call was to see can you transform can you find people problems in developing countries and create solutions and of course he paid for my whole education and i went around uh, into places looking for how can i intervene and with all the life experience you know after do going through all this is it how do i change something and i did not i did not know what to change and i traveled across tribal villages in india looking for interesting problems to see and this is all part of my research and thesis and you found that children were absolutely you know exploratory learners with fearless learners they can go show two three things and they're curious they they just jump into things and learn uh but as we grow older we start to lose that curiosity we start to build that fear of learning and uh, so that kind of got me interested uh, and i suggested that i'd like to see how do i create an army of entrepreneurs from these kids who never thought they could do any of these things and that well, is how it all came Raj, about i have to just say <laughs> that is the dearest story ever and i'm thinking about you as that 11 year old child i mean i'm that is to me that connection is so powerful yes. that that person who knew about radios taught this little boy how to take apart radios and put them together again i mean that was what in that was like the little catalyst right exactly that that, that's all that's of it and here you are reaching out to children about the same age knowing that they have what you had inside of exactly. you exactly and if yeah. they have the right person to guide yeah. them who knows what they could you ever that's... imagine that you would be a visiting professor to MIT <laughs> my gosh so, so the, the uh, visiting scholar so i was uh, that exactly is what i found you know there is i've done too many educational programs all over uh, and i found that there is no difference in intelligence of kids at mit or a or a similar kid somewhere else it is all the experiences that has have shaped the child you know that gave a different way of looking at things a confidence in doing something and the creativity and self learning skills and such so those uh, uh, things can be taught well, and, yeah. and so and that's and here you you had this opportunity um and to do i was at a fellowship for this idea that that 
someone inspired you to do something, then you are inspiring others. So yeah. you can tell us a little bit about, um, so was there anything in particular that inspired that transition into the field of education since you were, was it the, the research project or something else? So, that- so till then I was, I was a product designer and an entrepreneur. I was a serial entrepreneur, multiple, you know, I used to set up factories to, to create, you know, in New Hampshire and Massachusetts, uh, to manufacture products and you know f- and such, uh, so my MIT program and the research there was the first time I got into even looking at this as an interesting field to study. And when I finished my research, what I found is that oh my God, we are leaving behind all these kids without ever giving them that opportunity, or even that you know just one single stimulus to kind of start to change. So. After I finished, I thought, you know, this is my new mission. I need to do that. If if I don't do it, I don't know who can do it. You know, because having come this far, you know, uh, and finding this and actually doing research in it for 10 years, uh, working with children, from, you know, several thousand kids in all these countries from South Africa to East Timor to, you know, India and Malaysia and, and, and such. And you realize that this is something that's already there and that kind of got me into it, it, the, the, the raw material is already there it's a matter of conditioning and oh, the conditioning no. is where we don't we don't put enough effort into i'm just thinking about you because you know sometimes people have perceptions about engineers right being you know very practical you know more like you know i'm not saying this is true but sometimes yeah. it is like a a myth about engineers but i'm talking to you right now and hearing your compassion in what you're talking about. So I'll say the compassionate entrepreneurial engineer <laughs> that I'm sensing from you. So that kind of comes to another question. So when it comes to nurturing the innovators and the these young entrepreneurs, what key qualities do you consider fundamental? And how do you go about when you're doing your projects cultivating um, these qualities in the children that you're reaching? Uh, so first thing is the the raw qualities that are there in everyone. So I, I, I put it this way. Each one of us got a dormant entrepreneur in us. Most of us go through our lives without awakening it. Now we, we can see in certain projects or something that we do that we kind of realize that there is some potential, but we don't actually awaken it. Uh, some of us uh, aspire to become entrepreneurs. Then when suddenly you have the confidence, you believe there is an idea, there is there's a direction. Uh, some of us then become, uh, uh, you know, nascent entrepreneurs who have tried it for the first time, and some of us become experienced entrepreneurs. So, if you really look at it, this is a one. Each one is a subset of the other. You know, uh, current entrepreneurship program primarily takes m- m- programs take people who say. They can. They want to do something, or the aspiring ones, and try to convert them into experienced or nascent entrepreneurs. Uh, and any entrepreneurship program that you go around the world, they the intake is somebody who put their hand up and said, "I have an idea, or I I, I want to do something." Uh, but that's only about three percent of the population. We well, leave behind ninety-seven percent. So when I when we talk about you know this might be helpful. So what is your definition of an entrepreneur? What does that Good. mean? So so let's actually go to the, I define entrepreneur by its original French meaning, which says someone who can take responsibility and execute on things. It's pretty simple. It is, 
it it is actually someone who can take initiative someone who can go to critical thinking creative thinking and execute on a project you know and that's exactly I, what real meaning it means undertaker someone who can take responsibility and do things okay, you know, now have, we associate it with the starting companies of course okay. you know you know because i i have to say when the first person told me she goes you know elaine you're a social entrepreneur and i almost felt like oh i don't know if i deserve that <laughs> you know what does it mean so i you know when you say it so simply it's taking responsibility and i guess taking action on something um that matters yes and and that is exactly what 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 a an entrepreneur that is my definition you know once you have built the qualities of a of an entrepreneur i i would put it in two things one is a skill set and the mindset skill sets uh, are things that you can teach you know technical things in the design and how to speak how to write uh understanding accounting you know just about anything that you can teach in schools uh, but the mindset is the most interesting thing i i think an entrepreneur primarily is built on one's mindset okay mindset is okay. what and you what does that mean what does that what, mean that is what you develop through your experience you know uh you, the the abstract ideas in the through introspection and experience and you look back you realize oh these are the qualities i have which you cannot teach things like self efficacy the confidence to take on unknown challenges which is not something you, you cannot teach that on a blackboard okay how do you build your confidence you need to do things you need to fail you need to learn how to get back up and do after a couple of cycles you start to realize that mm, i can take on some challenges you know you know self awareness who am i what is my purpose how do i can you i i call it the out of body thinking where can you see yourself from outside doing what you're doing and you know can you see from and and empathy self learning abilities this is critical you know very important and of course you know creativity when you thinking outside conventional safe ideas and looking at it from different you know because if if normally if you ask someone for an idea for a problem they'll come back with things that have already worked you know and what already done already you know tested how do you start to exhaust those things and start to think about things outside that you know and with idea opportunity sensing systems thinking you know agency the drive that you have from the resiliency there are a lot of things which are cannot be taught on a blackboard right and i was thinking about you know i i grew up um not far from where steve jobs grew up in fact i when i read his the the biography that he did before he died i go oh i i was there i was at that same mall i i remember that, you know? <laughs> but anyway but i think that was you know steve jobs i remember reading part of the book that said that he was he loved calligraphy yes. and so he went up to some university where there was this person who did all these beautiful you know calligraphy products and he just wanted to learn of course he took a it. course in calligraphy he took a course well you know more than i do yeah, about yeah yeah you know, he said that. that in his uh, talk at the stanford where that changed how he designed apple you know the the font the typefaces and and such which you know 
if it wasn't for that they would have still used those green <laughs> the characters that we used exactly. to have i'm giving that as an example of some right. outside the box but who would have you know i'm thinking who would have thought that a class in calligraphy would yeah. lead to some of the creations of the most amazing technological revolution that we practically have experienced yeah. but that's what i mean but i mean not everybody's a steve jobs i mean there's but there's different aspects of being an entrepreneur as well right so so, i think everybody is a steve jobs most of us do not realize the steve jobs in us okay and very and, and inspiring and hopeful i love it that is, it is it is because uh, i can tell you uh, you know I, children as i said earlier are exploratory fearless learners uh, if you leave a child in the room you can see she's going to go try out things and you know poke things and you know and and, and any there's nothing in them which says they cannot learn okay then uh, because i did experiments with children i would uh, you know school children i would give them 3d printers and say in, in kits and say go go assemble it and and an adult would say i don't think i'll ever be able to do that children never say that okay they'll just try it out and of course they'll screw up a few things and that's all fine uh, they learn cad they learn coding they learn electronics uh, and all in a day you know and i go into villages where the, the kids don't even know how to use computers and you realize that they pick up the first application sometimes they learn this 3d cad ever on a computer okay they have never sent an email or browse the browse the web okay and the first application on a computer is learning 3d cad and 3d print the parts that they th thought about and you know so what i found is that children don't have this problem of you know i can't do this uh over time schools put the blinkers on them saying there's only one way to learn this this uh, there are theorem one theorem two formula one history pieces now and, then, and all you need to learn is what the teacher has told you so that you can write your exam and clear the board exam uh, and you kind of start to you know f f restrict the the vision of the child Well, and so, then because what you're talking about is inspiring children to very believe, early on to believe yes. they can do something i mean which is absolutely absolutely you know and when a child says that math is hard for me uh you know so when a child, we normally you know there are multiple reactions that we have some people say oh that is okay i understand i was it was hard for me too uh you have given the child an excuse to say that i don't i don't think i can learn this because this adult also said that she could not learn or he could not learn and and i i would say there is nothing there's no diff so this is harder on girls because they grow up hearing a thousand times that only boys can do certain things and girls can't you know they don't nobody says it as us but we telegraph it And, and so what have you learned in your research can girls do it as well as boys Absolutely there's zero difference between any of them Oh yeah my I, most I often most often girls kick boys ass okay in this classes because <laughs> they they uh, I, 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 so when I run this program you know two months back I was in villages in Vietnam uh, villages in India uh, teaching these kids and they have no no fear of learning and it's somewhere in the mid teens that this fear start to calcify yeah you know and then 
you start to realize, oh, I don't think I'll be able to do certain things because that is outside my abilities today. You know, what if I fail? You know that, and and these these kind of things start to set in, and that those that's the cloud that stops you from coming out. You know, it's so interesting. This is so connected. Um, over the weekend, I went to um, the SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles to see Ed Sheeran. Who oh, wow. Was, yeah. <laughs> okay. Which, it was an amazing. It was amazing. In fact, he broke records. There were 81,000 people there. But he spoke about being a young boy um, and not knowing if anybody really cared to listen to his music and maybe have a small group of people that they didn't really understand his music, yeah. but then he didn't stop. He continued because he loved music so much, but his music, his love of music didn't start at 18. It started when he was Absolutely. a young boy, right? And so, and here you think, he said, yeah, maybe I had 30 people. There were 81,000 people there. And from the creation of his brilliant mind, of music. And so I guess that's another question that I have when we're thinking about entrepreneurs. Is there a particular field that you're thinking about or can be any field that a child? Any field. So I don't, I do not focus on it. So again, I'm trying to build up. So, so there's a build up their inner qualities. You know, how they use it, they could be a wonderful employee or they could be do anything they want. So I built this framework over 10 years of research, which starts with, I call it zero, which is uninitiated kids who always thought, this is all I can do, you know, go find a job and settle in and such. Uh, then the maker, maker is somebody f who's creative, who can learn things on their own, build their curiosity, build their confidence to learn, the self-confidence to learn things. Uh, then the next stage is innovator. Innovator needs to find find interesting problems problems of value and uh, use critical thinking, problem solving skills, ideation, design to create solutions for them. And the last stage is the uh, entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, now that you have found the problem, you have you know how to create solution. How do you, uh, you know, market it? How do you, uh, you know, uh, monetize it? And so each one requires a different skill, set of skills. But building the confidence, you know, if uh, Ed Sheeran, at, at, when he was, was a kid, if people, if he had stopped because no one was listening, uh, you know, we would have how, lost a... How do, you, how do you build that confidence? I guess that's... That is exactly the first part. How do you build In, it? You build it is keep taking them outside their comfort zone. And I take them, when I ask them to design electronics and things, so that they have zero understanding of any of these things. You know, I would show them the simplest little thing. And there's ah, I see that. Is it then immediately take them outside their outside that so that they need to think, they need to do, they need to fail, absolutely need to fail, you know. And then uh, they say, oh, this is not working, and I don't go fix the problem for them. I'll say, okay, make them analyze it, make them realize why it's not working. They have to go do their research and you know on Google or whatever, and they find that oh, this is I connected this wrong or something else. Uh, the confidence they get when they fix a problem by themselves is amazing. And that confidence is what you slowly build uh, to so that they can take any other challenge. Uh, our school system today spoon feeds. You know, every answer is given to them. Uh, so you cannot do that. You absolutely need to make them learn things on their own. And it has to be engaging and absolutely fun. 
Okay. And when these kids fun. And I, I'm thinking about today's world too, with the technology, with AI, all the different things that children, I just see I have a seven-year-old granddaughter who loves Minecraft. And I and you know, she she shows me this architectural marvels that she creates at seven. Yeah. It's so engaging for her and she's so excited by it. So what does she like to do? She likes Legos. We buy her Legos and she is, I mean, she does Lego constructions for things that are for kids much older than her, but she's got that, that, that kind of, um, I can do it. Yes. I love that she has that, yeah. but. Uh, and, and that's a spatial thinking ability is coming out. So we all have different ways of thinking. You know, we have uh, some people have things in visual spatial ways. Some people think in systems where things connect to each other. Some people think in logic, you know, so, so there are different kinds of thinking uh, and try all of them and see what resonates with you and then build on it you know and once you've re realize your language of modeling in your mind uh, then you can start to build uh, build on it and understand that any system can you can model in your mind and but you need to build a language for modeling well so i'm i'm also i'm really going to be curious we're going to take a break in just a couple of minutes but i'm really curious about the educational systems that have said, okay, Raj, that's a great idea. You can come to our our school and you can do some experiments um, with engineering with our kids. Yeah. Now, is that is that a hard sell? I mean, our, our, our school's going, oh, I don't know if we want you to come. Or do they, are the, are the educational system, are they embracing the ideas that you have? So this is so, the education system that we have is a teaching system, not a learning system. Ah. Okay, we currently, uh, 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 schools are trying to cover certain curriculum and you know exams so that they can clear the exams and parents and everyone else want them to clear the exams and you know all those things uh and this this cycle has been going on for the last 300 years you know we have a package uh, you know schools are trying to create similar looking graduates so if a accountant leaves i can get another accountant and almost figure out you know put in this place and move on from there on and for that you are trying to teach some certain and uh, certain things but they have not awakened their inner potential so they haven't even recognized their inner awakened their inner potential so i would like us to really do a deeper dive of how you sure. awaken that inner potential when we come back from our break because sure. i think if we can do that i'm thinking about the kids that are the outliers right i was yes. <laughs> and there's a show my my granddaughter likes everyone's an outlier there's no nobody is normal there's no one there's no, <laughs> and this is a kid that well you know i don't want to talk about that because what i yes. just do is making a judgment about something right yeah. which may not correct it's also limiting in its ideas for how we may change or give that inspiration to those sure. children that may not have thought that they could do something that was different than yes. what their families have done for generations, for example. So we are going to be back in just a couple minutes, and we're going to hear some more wisdom, Raj. I think you are a wise, empathic. The, well, now I'm going to say empathic, compassionate, entrepreneurial engineer. Okay, I've got four. <laughs> okay, that's more than I can. <laughs> I've, got, I've got four descriptors. So we will be back in just a couple minutes, and we will continue this conversation with Thanks. Raj Nair. Thank you. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
The Trauma Resource Institute is a nonprofit organization cultivating trauma-informed and resiliency-focused individuals and communities worldwide. Our mission is to take people from despair to hope. We believe in a world where every child and adult has the capacity to recover from highly stressful and traumatic experiences. Check out iChill, our free app that helps you learn the wellness skills of the community and trauma resiliency models. Go to TraumaResourceInstitute.com for more information. Elaine Miller-Karis' book, Building Resiliency to Trauma, The Trauma and Community Resiliency Models is available on Amazon.com. The book is about how to cultivate resiliency during and in the aftermath of traumatic experiences. The book also addresses body-based trauma interventions combined with psychoeducation about the biology of trauma and resiliency. Elaine also offers personal consultations. For more information, you can contact her at Elaine at ResiliencyWithin.com. Elaine Miller-Karras co-founded the Trauma Resource Institute, Incorporated. The Institute provides trainings on the models Elaine developed, the Community Resiliency Model, or CRM, and the Trauma Resiliency Model, or TRM. If you would like more information about the Trauma Resource Institute or how to participate in trainings, visit the Institute's website at traumaresourceinstitute.com. That's traumaresourceinstitute.com. Trauma Resource Institute. Build resilience. Awaken hope. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Resiliency Within with Elaine miller Karras. To reach the show during our live broadcast, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to elaine at resiliencywithin.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. I'm here with Raj Nair, and we are having a lovely conversation. And right before the break, we were talking about the difference between um, educational systems that are designed for learning versus teaching. And I've been very much struck about how you're inspiring these children. And if you could share a little bit, you you had an MIT professor um, who posed an important question to you. Could you share that? And maybe we can talk a little bit more about it. So during my well, grad school, I've, I was trying to look for a topic for my research and I traveled across India. And as I said, and I came back and said, I can create an, uh, an army of entrepreneurs from these underserved communities. And uh, my professor said, how are you going to do that? I said, I have no idea either. Uh, so he suggested, you know, you're from, you grew up in India in a village and you are here you know, having done several startups and, you know, and studying at MIT, how the hell did you get here? Can you study that in, as a model and test it out? So I started writing down things that happened at different age, you know, in my life and what may have triggered different things. And uh, so I started off, you know, making these electrical things and, and such. Then once you learn to make this, you know, uh, I went into actually solving problems and startup. Then I once I started designing pro- products that solve somebody's problem, and uh, I've realized that why should I do all these things for my boss? I can go start my own company, and also I did that. And so 
I created this process of, you know, zero maker, innovator, entrepreneur, and I created what goes in each one of them. And I've created a way to test it. Initially, I had to test it on unsuspecting guinea pigs, a little kids who who were designing and you know CAD and coding and all those kind of things. And I took data to see how their thinking changes, how their confidence changes, the way they engage with each other. Uh, and you start to see that there's a huge spike when you when these kids start to do these kind of things. And so the the process was created with research and with collecting data at each stage and uh, and basically i took my life as at least a starting model and then uh, did research to to build on that well you know one of the things i guess i got want to say for you know our listeners i'm thinking about the power of one um, the power of that that man back in India who said, oh, you want to learn how to put a radio together and how yeah. that one, one act changed not only your life, but the life of many. And yes. that's what's yeah. exciting to be to me about entrepreneurship is that 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 spark, that inspiration that leads to something that's greater than oneself. And that's when I'm hearing you speak yeah. each child that you that finds that inner well and that they can be inspired by their own thinking with support from people around them. Yes. It'd be wonderful if our whole world was designed that way. <laughs> and my goal now is to do the same thing. That How do you create that stimulus in these children that suddenly gives them the ability to change the trajectory of the rest of their lives? You know, so... Well, and I think when you talk, we talk about underserved, and maybe we should talk a little bit about this, is that you're going into places where children um, may not have enough food to eat. The shelter they have may not be strong to withstand strong winds or weather. Mm -hmm. They may have parents that are suffering really on the yeah. edge of poverty to try to make sure that there is even enough food for these children to eat and sometimes the it's a you know sometimes in some parts of the world it's um, a privilege to go to school but there's parts of the world where if your parents can't afford a uniform to go to the school then you can't go to school. i mean i think that in america people sometimes don't um if they unless they haven't traveled internationally, not to, to they we don't realize yes. the that can exist, and so um, I think that's a really important part of what you're doing. And can you talk a little bit about that about the underserved communities that you go into? So, so poverty is a, is a uh, you see it across uh, you know in many of these places that you go to. Uh, and you know, in Vietnam of earlier this year, I ran a program for this group that was doing education for girls. You know, and uh, the the primary point there was to see, uh, you know, most of the families look at girls as you know somehow we need to get them married. You know, and and so they learn cooking and you know all those things, and you know get them married, and that's so that uh, they they look for boys, they can work in the farm or whatever. And it doesn't have to be exactly in the same way, but they that is the approach they they take to uh, to the family and children and and such. Uh, all you got to do is just change the child's confidence 
and the child changes the rest of it you know and i remember one girl she in my class made some electromechanical thing for the first time and she asked me can i take it to my can i take it and show it to my dad uh, i said why do you want to show it you know because i she had she was working with a team and she said i want to show my dad that i can do this because he keeps talking about you know somehow your job is to why are you going to school your job is to get married you know and, and something like that and and i was almost missing up okay like and i said absolutely go go take this because if this is going to show for you with this if you can show your dad that you have the ability to do all these kind of things that others are doing uh i think hopefully that will make a difference you know yeah, I, uh, so i say that first time thing. i think yeah. it's also really important when i'm hearing you speak is that you believe in that child's ability to do it i i i don't hear any doubt in your um in what you're saying and i think that when when you believe in someone they sense that they sense that yeah i you know I, and I, I, so the thing is uh, i believe in them and i want the schools and the administrators and teachers to believe in them too uh you know when you in a school we are we are, this is almost like we are, it's a job they go there you know most often they have way too much load on the on the teachers to even uh, have individual attention to several of the children and children learn in different ways uh and I, recently i i read somewhere that uh, nearly 40% of the dropouts in in the us happen because of algebra 1 or algebra 2 or something like that Yes, I can a, imagine. I had problems with algebra. I had yeah. <laughs> and and when you really look at it, why is it that you know there is nothing in there that should be difficult? It is that's that just that there was one teacher somewhere early in their life uh, who put the fear of math in them, and then Jesus do Cristo. I can tell you, <laughs> I that she, my algebra one teacher, I can remember her. But you know, <laughs> I think this is important, and I want to just share something personal. Is I had a professor in college. I had to take this kind of math-related course for one of the things I had to do, and I was terrified. And so he he said, Elaine, you can learn this. And I would his office hours, and he taught me algebra. Yeah. And I got an A in his class, but that fear was inflicted upon me. Yes. By that. that it is it is a fear and when i hear celebrities saying i am bad at math you are also telegraphing to a child who's finding it difficult saying ah oh, if that person who's so famous can't do math how can i do that you no know, you're giving them an excuse for for giving up very early and how do you change that so when someone says i can't do it that's because you haven't either you have not given the fun of learning to them it has been you know you you're giving them a rote kind of learning which uh, doesn't make them understand some of these things and well, so, so what you said what you said earlier it's the difference between teaching and learning because yeah i can say from my own exper- experience that that professor helped me learn and sis- the sister was teaching something to me in a very rote way mm-hmm. that at that point in my life i didn't understand what she was teaching me so, so the teacher writes on the blackboard or whiteboard and you know you all copy it down the teaching is done but the learning hasn't started yes so uh, and 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 from a f- school's point of view when a child fails uh, it is a child's fault yeah okay right. and actually 
it is not you you know we haven't uh, made this thing interesting and the, the learning part has not been done yet so uh, and that is where the hole is that's where the gap is and uh, we don't have time we don't have the effort we don't even have the resources to fill, start to fill that you know because oh. what is expected and, and 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 no so some of these kind of learning may we may have to do it outside the curriculum because you can't even change the curriculum today it is so hard, hard well, and fast. And that's bad because then you're not inspiring the kids. But there's another there's another question I think that's relating to what we're talking about. So expanding your work globally, um, you know, obviously has also posed some challenges. Yeah. So what are some of the obstacles you've encountered? We've already talked about some of them, but most important, how are you overcoming them? Oh, uh, if uh, first thing is to as I said, I, I'm talking to ministries of education of some other countries and explaining that you need to bring it in. Uh, so the the the, uh, the education, I should say, the system of education is very very hard to change. You know, they say the uh, education system is the second slowing, the sl slowest moving system after religion. Okay. Uh, and I you say after the federal government <laughs> so it, it is uh, it is hard to make the change and on top of it during co during covid the pandemic uh, we had a year when children lost their learning because they didn't have devices or connectivity Teachers did not know how to teach online, so they were trying to do the same class teaching online when kids can go to sleep with the camera off or whatever. And even the camera, even if they had a camera, with, there was no connectivity, they, it was always breaking and, and such. There was, uh, we, we lost about six months of learning on average in, 20, in 2020 to 2021 in the US. Uh, in That is on average. In poorer schools, they almost lost one year yeah. of learning. Okay, now these kids got pushed up to the next grade. Uh, now they're learning higher topics without learning the basics, you know, mm. the fundamentals. Children have started realize, feeling that I don't think I can learn this because they haven't, the basics have not been put up, put in yet. Uh, so there is uh, disengagement going on, uh, for chronic absenteeism at, you know, 30, 40% in many of the schools. Uh, that means kids not coming to the class of because they cannot engage, you know, and this is going to see uh, what I call a great dropout that is coming up, mm. which, you know, so this is what the education system is, 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 uh, is facing. And on the other, so how do you deal with this? We cannot immediately go back and start to teach them all the missed curricula for the last three years uh, to bring them back up. I think, we need to focus on competence than curriculum, you know, and uh, teach them critical thinking, self-learning skills. How do you build the confidence, you know, creativity, something different where now they can go learn anything they want because information is already out there. And, you know, if I go on the web, I can learn about anything in physics or math or whatever else. You know, there are a thousand videos to do that. So giving information is not the primary job of a, of a teacher today you know giving inspiration is more important and and uh, uh so but that change hasn't happened you know and this is the largest 
issue that I see. And when I work with uh, some of the school systems, what I'm saying is that if you can build their confidence, they can build their ability to learn. They'll do better in their academics. And also... It has to be something, too, when you're talking about, you know, learning. Um, I think the hands-on um, sorts of opportunities for children. Yes. Going back again to you learning how to take apart the radio and put it back together again. Yeah. I think those are skills that we're losing because yeah. kids aren't getting those hands-on kind of experiences like you're doing with them. So that was that's kind of the, my next question it has to do with industry. So yeah. here we have all these amazing startups. We have people with great ideas. How can they be part of maybe influencing the educational system? Can they be part of it? And how can they help with inspiring, you know, kind of this uh, entrepreneurial spirit in children in their communities? So industry started, uh, so first thing is the the graduates that we, that we produce uh, are underqualified for the jobs that they get into. And pretty much any employer would say, I need to take this kid and almost make them unlearn and relearn what you know everything from how to learn how to solve problems how to look at a problem they, they're all good at uh, you know solving problems given in their exams but in 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 practical life you're not so we have trained our children right from first grade and on to given a problem come back with an answer but we have not trained the child to look at a situation and define what is a problem yeah. To solve. Okay. And that is a, that's the highest value because in real life, nobody gives you a, a clear problem and say, go solve. You need to go figure out the problem yourself. So uh, the industry started uh, looking at skills in, in, the, in the candidates rather than their transcripts. Because at the end of the day, transcripts are a surrogate for their possible experience and possible ability to learn math or physics or whatever, you know. Uh, but if you can show, I can design these things, I can make these things, I can put together, I can present, I can tell stories, I can make videos, whatever. You, how do you show them the skills in reality? And this is going to blow back into education system because uh, they don't care about diplomas, but your skills. So you students soon may say, I, why should I go to colleges paying quarter of a million dollars for an undergrad degree uh, only to come out and not find enough good job? I can go learn anything I want, which is perfectly fine. Uh, this industry academic pushback has been going on for some time and now the academic institutions are gonna see some, some problems from that. Uh, because learning is everywhere. You can actually go learn things anywhere, you know. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's very different than it was even 10 years ago in terms of what we can learn online or um, showing us how to do something very practical that right. we go to a class where we now can watch a series of, of, of YouTube videos and learn to do whatever that might be. Right. So I, mean, I have another question, though. I mean, so um, I think... You know, I, I know that, you know, I work in the area of mental health challenges and that many kids that are in underserved communities, they've experienced a whole lot of trauma. So are so what are the challenges? Are you seeing that this can get in the way of children learning or um, what, what have you seen as you've gone in these different places around the world as you're trying to really impact children's learning? I believe self-confidence changes uh 
the way they uh, deal with problems and self confidence cannot be you know you can't every parent says that you know oh son you're great you should be able to do all these things you know and and you you know and uh, the son doesn't and I, i'm taking speaking from my own point of view my parents have said several times that you can do anything okay and i did not believe a word of it because you are my parent and you are supposed to say that okay and and so i don't care what you what you say uh, so you how do you build that in the child that yes i can do things that only can come from actually doing things okay how do you take the child to a point where they realize i can do that and they build that confidence if you can build the confidence and then the rest start to happen you know currently the 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 self confidence is what is missing and as i said somewhere in the mid teens you start to lose it uh, uh, or at least it plateaus uh, how do you go early on so my job is to go early in their life and build that ability to you know blow through that the the limiting beliefs that others are going to put on you so even time. though they may have suffered because of trauma when you yeah. um, when you see children you don't you don't look at their suffering no absolutely not absolutely not their potential potential is exactly so this has happened to you yes you can still accomplish this 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 and this and sadly not all parents are like your parents that didn't say <laughs> i believe you could do anything but if they encounter someone like you that gives that message to them i think that can it is not i'm giving the message i'm making them do things and making them realize that oh my god i could write code i can do cad i can print i can you know put together electronics i understand these things you know but, but, you... But, but you're coming with the perception of that you know that you know they can you already you already believe in them when they themselves yeah i don't know what the goes down okay yeah but i'm just saying even though you may say that's just part of who you are that's not part of who everyone is yeah. uh, maybe people, yeah like teach limiting beliefs right and you're going oh the world is possible for you yeah, yeah. and i'm going to show you something and here you can try this yourself yeah. and see if you know and and again i love the fact that you bring in failures how many of us have certainly failed myself did you learn from the failures oh my gosh i learned so much from the failures yeah, that right. made me a better person yeah and better at what i do in the world and but without the failure i don't know if it would have happened in the same way so so first thing is we we assign the failure to the person rather than the project you know if if you do something and something fails uh we say uh, you fail rather than the project failed actually it is a project that failed but you learned because that is how I, if if i if i was scared of failing i would never the baby would never learn to walk you know would have given up walking you know very early on uh so it, that that approach to failure that we take is uh, very limiting you know and uh, it, it, it is you, they need to go they need to fail they need to learn stand back up a few times and once they do a couple of times they realize that i have the power to stand back up from anything let me ask you this we only have a few minutes left sure. could you share your future plans and strategies for realizing this wonderful mission that you have and creating 1 million entrepreneurs through education and mentorship so i'm trying to right now i'm talking to several different groups in different parts of the world uh to build these kind of systems into their education program but it is not as a curriculum how do you my purpose is to go create little ecosystems 
where you take 10 20 kids teach them these things make them do a few things and show what they have created uh, which kind of gives the form for the few other kids to join and then how do you get the thing churned you know and once the wheel starts to turn in these places then they the new people come in and they they become the mentors to the next so i at mit every 10 years every single student has already been replaced okay but the ecosystem of innovation and entrepreneurship stays that's because you have the 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 community and the culture of innovation and that is the wheel that keeps the ecosystem going and if you can build that then you know when a new kid joins she gets indoctrinated into the into the culture and she becomes a mentor for the next set of kids who are coming in that's kind of like this, a skill of scalability right that yes this is i cannot go teach a million kids obviously not you know i want to create these little cells those little ecosystems in places and i created 20 to 30 ecosystems all over the world in in small places uh, where i set up a lab train a b- bunch of kids and get them to train each other and train others and show it and 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 few years later it is about the third generation of these kids you know the the kid who i taught taught somebody else who taught the third person I, that I is you know the power yeah. of one and then the power that creates the many yeah. so we could you please share with our audience that some people are going to want to go i want to know more about this program how do they get a hold of you can you share your website so people sure it's it's raj dyer i'm sorry it's a, my email is rajnair at alum.mit.edu which is r a j n a i r at a l u m.mit.edu that's my email address uh, my website is rajesh nair r a j e s h n a i r.me it is my personal email uh, website uh, which talks about uh, uh, uh the, the the process and previous workshops and my tedx talks and i gave a talk at un general assembly on it and then all that you know on the same topic so it's all there in, in the website so i, I want i want you rajeshnaya.me a talk at the united nations general assembly so <laughs> he didn't put that in his bio but i think that's an important <laughs> thing to know that this but i think raj thank you so much for being on the show and i hope that our listeners have heard your enthusiasm your compassion your empathy and truly in this show i always say what else is true that there may be a child that you may say oh he's growing in poverty he's impoverished or or so that's a girl she can't learn algebra but you're saying yes you can yes absolutely and that, and that if we have adults and children's lives that believe in their capacity what they already have inside it's like you what you're doing is you're watering and nourishing that inspirational part of them yeah. that may be dormant but is there yeah. so again i want to thank you very very warmly and really i, I want to make sure that people go to your website you also have a facebook page but i'm yes. going to spell it again r a j e s h n a i r .me yes and you can learn and find out more about this beautiful work. So, um from the bottom of my heart, thank you for the amazing work you're doing with kids and you're inspiring them. You certainly inspired me and I imagine you inspired many of our listeners. So, thank you so much Elaine for the giving this opportunity to talk, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you are very welcome. So, I mean, I hope that maybe you'll come back again and tell us as those future plans are being realized because I want to hear more about this fabulous program. So, this is Elaine Miller-Karras signing off for Resiliency Within 
and remember what else is true in your life and reach out to a kid, show, show him or her or they something to take apart and put back together. Who knows might what happened? It could be as simple as making chocolate chip cookies. Yes. They can do it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us this week for Resiliency Within. Please tune in again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Elaine Miller-Karras, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again soon. Resiliency Within with host Elaine Miller-Karras is brought to you by Trauma Resource Institute, Incorporated. Visit traumaresourceinstitute.com.